Oh shit. <sighs> it's like a really big gathering. The car doors are still going. And there was a really big cheer. <laughs> I cannot believe my luck. Part of me is so tempted to just pack up everything and go. It's like money, an hour, an hour ten minutes from home in the car. It just because <laughs> it's not what I imagined. to give her a little bit longer and just wait it out and see what happens but I'm certainly not having the big revelation about the joys of solitude just yet Welcome to Wanderings, an audio companion for those who walk alone. I'm Amy Conway, a performing artist and theatre maker based in Glasgow, and I'll be walking with you. This is a podcast about loneliness. A podcast about loneliness designed to be listened to while on a walk. You don't have to listen to this while walking. It's only a suggestion. Just remember that for the duration, you have been granted permission to wander. Throughout the podcast, you'll hear my voice. Sometimes I'll be walking with a companion, sometimes alone, but always with you. So come with me, and we'll walk together. I've got gloves. <laughs> I've got fingerless gloves. Yeah. yeah. So Don't press buttons. Your mother's wearing those today. My fingerless gloves. Oh, really? There's her art in them. Oh, I see. That's quite good, really, when she's painting. You just end up looking like Fagin, though. <laughs> I, don't, I find it difficult to look um, smart in fingerless gloves. I just need to get some of those um, ones where you can touch your, your phone. Oh, yes. Conductive. Conductive. Mm. <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, sorry. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> I always get this in. What do you mean, don't worry? It, like... I think it's the cold wind that goes into the back of my oh. throat and uh-huh. it always makes me cough. Oh, I, I start off coughing for the first five minutes when yeah. I'm out and about. That's my dad, John. He still lives at my childhood home in Sheffield. This conversation was recorded while I was visiting my parents in early October on a circular walk around the southwest of the city. Sort of birds are having their last party. Oh, that hedge back there is full of sparrows. <laughs> They ah. love that hedge. Yeah. <coughs> it's always a riot Sitting. when you go past. Yeah, so do you do this um do you do like this walk once a week? Or is that uh, becoming <coughs> a routine? Well I can't, it's kind of got into routine recently. Uh, I used to do the Porter Valley walk, um, which is about two hours. Uh-huh. And, uh, That's like six miles or something. But I haven't really done that on my own since ooh, probably April or something like that. Okay. Um, since yeah, we're a bit poorly. Yeah. yeah. So I started uh, doing this walk 
because it goes past my favourite coffee place. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is this the best coffee in Sheffield? Yeah, yeah. Right. And your mother says all my walks are totally uh, arranged around stopping at coffee places. As all walks should be. <clears throat> yeah, and, you know, unless so. um, you, you want to substitute coffee shop for pub. Indeed. <laughs> Pubs are also quite good as well. Yeah. Yeah. So do you, do you like walking on your own? Uh, I do actually yeah. and even when I'm walking with other people I must admit I, I kind of tend to go ahead <laughs> I have noticed <laughs> yeah. I mean I know that yeah my mum is not as fast as you no not, yeah she's not as fast as me but you but... obviously you like <clears throat> to set a, a healthy pace yeah but it's, it's, it's just something about like you just prefer to Stride yeah, out alone. It's quite nice to walk alone, actually. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, sometimes it could... I think when you're with a lot of other people, you tend to talk a lot. Yeah. Especially, you know, like, good friends and things like that. So you talk a lot. And I, I think kind of you miss things. When you're in, with, oh, with, yeah. When you're alone, you tend to look around and uh, look at what's going on and everything like that. Yeah. Whereas... Yeah, like we're doing now. We're, talk- we're talking, and you, th- you get involved in the conversation. Uh, but when you're when you're on your own, you're kind of um, just kind of looking did, around and everything. Do you think were you always into like getting out into nature, or do you think that's coming like yeah, later I th- life? I think as you get older, <laughs> I mean, you know, I tended to live in cities since I was uh, eighteen, so. Yeah, so you definitely weren't a, a country boy. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, we were, we lived in the middle of the country, really. When was, when was that? Was that? Well, you know, up, up, the... up to the age of, uh, I think, better cross over. All right. Up to the age of. I'll go this way. Up to the age of 18. Is that a Reading area? I lived in Aldermaston. Oh right, okay. But it was on an estate, but it kind of was, it was in the middle of nowhere. So as kids, we just sort of went out into the woods and things like that, which were just over the road. We were on the sort of edge of the estate, so we drove our you know rode our bikes and things like that, and went uh, all over the place really. Right, you so, you, you <clears> roamed. But you know, you don't. I don't think you think about nature and things like no. that until you get a bit older not a bird watcher as a kid then yeah I was actually really Su- surprisingly yeah I was uh, I used to be interested how'd in you get into that bird wa- I don't know it's just you know this is when I was about seven or eight oh, <coughs> I used right. to um, sort of have books on birds and things like that but I think it was just a sort of fad, really. And then you'd go become a teenager and pick, it's up, not cool. pick up something else, you know. <laughs> the girls don't want to go out with the ornithologists. <laughs> probably not. Uh, but, but you were you were always into science, or was that just like what ha- just what happened in terms of well, the of sensible the, subjects the to school, study? The school was very science-based, so, you know, of course... Oh, okay. There was a focus. My father was uh, obviously biased towards sciences and everything, so yeah. it kind of uh, became the natural thing to do. And uh, whereas Peter, you know, he was doing a lot of chemistry stuff. I was, I was basically into physics, making transistor radios and things like that <laughs> right, <yeah. coughs> from scratch. Uh, but yeah. You, you, were you? Did you spend a lot of time together, like him being your twin? Ah, uh, yes, we did. I mean, we're probably never apart, really. So, um, I have to say, I've, I've actually never lived on my own. Never. I mean, this is a confession yeah. for you. I've never lived on my own. Okay, so you've gone from uh, living with parents to oh. living with flatmates. Oh no, what was he doing? <laughs> Um, Yeah, basically living at home. To living with girlfriends. And of course, at home, I was always with my brother, so I always had company and everything like that. At school, I was with my brother. 
and then left at 18 and uh, <coughs> went to university, shared places there, always shared places all through doing both degrees and then... Uh, with your brother, you always lived... Uh, not with my oh, brother, oh, sorry, no, 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 after no, 18. He went and did something... He went to a different, different university, yeah. yeah. So, uh, and then... Um, sort of... Uh, shared a house with various friends and things like that. And, uh, Were they and, good times? Uh, well, mixed, I would say. Yeah, some of, some of them were quite good. It's made some quite good friends, but never really kept in touch after <laughs> left university. Sure, yeah. And then I then got married. I mean, you know, I'm not alone there. So, never been alone. Maybe that's a... Maybe but have you maybe ever been lonely? No. No? I don't think I have, no. I think I would be if I was on my own. I do need people around me even though I say you know <clears throat> I like walking and you know uh, alone and having with your own thoughts and things like that yeah. that's different from actually living alone mm. totally right right and then we to cross over here just before we can... and also yeah so there's a difference between appreciating solitude and not not just uh, well, when you know you can go with back books and, uh... when you know you go back to somebody there's, there's somebody there all the time. It's different, you know. It's different right. if you're going back to a flat and, you, and, you, and there's nobody there. That's a situation I'd, I've never experienced. That's when it becomes. But I don't think I'd like it. No. No, I don't think so. So I, I think I probably have to alter my life if it did, like, like people do. You know, you end up living alone for some reason or other and uh, you have to change your life and get out more and things like that and I do like meeting new people yeah mm. that was a good thing about working really yeah I was meeting new people I mean so the same old people as well but uh, often new people and uh, that was good but uh yeah, I, I, so you certainly have to be more proactive when you're uh, <coughs> when you live alone. But because like, you're a sociable person, but maybe uh, you don't need to do as much arranging as you would have done, as you would do. Yeah, exactly. You know. I think I think really I'm lazy <laughs> when it comes to uh, when <laughs> nice it, to admit it. <laughs> when to making friends and things like that. I think I'm really lazy. I think most people get like that, though. Yeah, but I think women are so much better at it. Blokes, well, well, blokes are, some blokes are. You know, if they do football or together or this, and I'm not that sort of person. So, uh, But do you think because, you know, your wife does it for you, yes. you just sort of let her? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm lazy. She, she organises my social life. I, I mean, it's a cultural thing, you know. You're not out of the ordinary. Oh yeah. Okay. So, need to do the we need to go into the package the shop now. Unfortunately, I don't know what we do, but <laughs> we'll find out in a minute. dark now but they've got like some sort of floating lights like in a, in a buoyancy inside a buoyancy aid so I'm just sort of seeing these weird bobbing orange lights that are laughing oh they want to swim together I think that suggests that they're probably not camping and they're probably not going to stay in there long. <laughs> I think knowing what they're actually doing makes a lot of difference. I'm sort of poking my head out the front of the tent. 
and watching them sort of quite magical really <laughs> seeing these weird lights So we're going to head, head down the uh, Eccles, sorry, we're going to the parks now. Uh, Eccl uh, Encliffe. Encliffe Park, uh, then Bingham Park. Oh yeah, yeah okay, along mm. the river. Along the, along the river, yeah. Which, which river is it? <laughs> I should know this. It's the Porter. It's the Porter, yes. <laughs> of the, one of the five great rivers in Sheffield. Uh, That's what I remember learning at school. Yeah. Can you name all five? Oh God. Yeah. Porter, Don, Chief, Rivlin, Rivlin, and the last uh, one. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, the other one. <laughs> the, uh, the Don. The, oh, we said the oh, Don. We said the Don. Oh, right. Sorry. <laughs> uh, what's the last one then? Uh, obviously, it's the other side of the city, so we don't really the, remember uh, it. The yeah. Uh, it's the one that goes along the Manchester Road. Uh, oh, I'll look it up later. <laughs> oh, you said Rivelin, didn't you? Yeah. Oh, God. Can't remember then. <laughs> Rother. The Rother. Rother. The River Rother. Yeah. The Rother. That goes to Rotherham. Yeah. yeah. You just have to go by the name of the cities, really. Yeah, that's true. Doncaster, yeah. Oh, yes, that route, that wind. So what were we talking about before? Well... Oh, I, I, I kind of living alone. Yes. Yeah. And how you've... Uh, you don't think you've ever felt lonely? Um, no, no, I don't think so. How would you define... Oh, when I was in hospital, I felt a bit lonely. Yeah? But then, uh, that's because you couldn't have well, any visitors. I know, that was pretty grim. Yeah, but actually, yeah. not as bad as I thought, really. I was... think... Um, it didn't really bother me that much, really. <laughs> I read books. It's terrible to say it is, but I read books. and I mean, sometimes I think visitors in hospital can be a bit overwhelming. Right, you know? yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You just think... Because you, know, oh. you sort of have to perform for them when they come on. Yeah. You have to use that extra energy to... Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. So in some ways... I mean, I wouldn't have liked to have been in there for... Weeks and weeks and weeks, but three yeah. nights, three nights, you can cope with that without sure. seeing anybody at all. But do you think you've got more, a bit more sympathy for the, the people that are there oh God, for there ages? People, there were people there when I was in who had been there for six weeks, one bloke. Yeah, and no, six weeks and no visitors, that must just be... Terrible, terrible. Awful. I think we're all right. Um, and, but, I mean, before you... You went in for surgery. Was there some? Was there any fear? Uh, oh God, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Who wouldn't feel fearful when they're about to remove things? You know. Yeah. Oh no, that's definitely. And you're well, you know, well acquainted, being having a job in science with the risks of a surgery. Like. Well, I know too much. That's the trouble. Not necessarily about surgery, but. And having worked in cancer for yeah, exactly. 40 years. And you know, you know too much and you're aware of almost everything that's going on, really. Sometimes yeah. being ignorant can be uh, a bit more soothing. <laughs> yeah, we were. I was pretty scared too. <laughs> yeah, I agree. You know, yours. Just sort of. Yeah. You guys felt so far away. Yeah. So it didn't, it didn't quite feel real, I think, when you told it's us. It's amazing the number of people who contacted me there. Yeah? Yeah, Did really. that sort of reaffirm that you had a lot of good people in your life? And yeah, there was a, quite a lot of people from work. It was a bit... Um, it was a bit by accident, really, that uh, the hospital where I worked found out because they contacted me because it was a 50-year celebration... 
uh, of the hospital. Western Park? Western Park. Right. And um, they wanted me to contribute. <laughs> I said, well, I don't really think I'm in a situation where I can uh, do that uh-huh. at the moment. And then because then I, told, I told them, and then, of course, I got around the whole place, really, and then quite a few of the doctors contact me and Aww. wish me well and things like That's that. That's very nice. Yeah. And you look, I knew that your friends all kind of oh, sent yeah, cards, all and, the and but I didn't like realise that. that you got that but yeah, from um, response from work. Yeah, yeah, I did. Good. You've been, uh, you've been retired so over a year. Yeah, from um, the trials office. You eighteen months now. Uh, yeah, it'll be eighteen months. Yeah. yeah. And you don't miss work. I don't actually. I don't think. I, I think I miss peop- the people. You know, everybody says that, don't they? Yeah. The, they don't miss the work. Yeah. Because you know, sometimes trying to get it all finished and yeah. can be stressful. But um, to be honest, I, I probably enjoyed the last ten years uh, when I was working in the cancer trials office. Yeah, you said that more than uh, I did some of the other. Years. Because it was less of a managerial role, it was back to basics yeah. of research and the science. And yeah, yeah. There was only really me. Radiotherapy only, physics. Me, only me, and I was looking after myself, and I didn't have to think of anybody <laughs> else. It's, it's so selfish. No, it's not selfish. It's just like being a manager is is stressful oh, awful. and awful. And then there's there's rarely you rarely see the sort of fruits of your labour or the, like the rewards of working on a, a project at like the front line I suppose yeah you know so yeah you research is like you must feel like you're contributing to the yeah the, no, the like research a bigger thing the research part of my job was very good you know when I was head of department unfortunately mm-hmm. I had the other the other stuff to management stuff that went with it yeah yeah which it wasn't so enjoyable. Not so nice. But yeah, I think I mean, in terms of missing being around people, that's what I loved about my work. Is that although it's uh, very different to yours, I came across lots of different people, and I was teaching sometimes and performing sometimes. Yeah. And all of that is gone. I'm just it's just me at a desk. What's this? I don't know. I think that I've seen this before because usually the cafes open. Uh. Yeah, so just talking about like loneliness in more general terms. Yeah. Why <laughs> do you. There's a statistic that says, like, there was a survey done in like 2018, and um, I think it, it, it showed that um, loneliness is much more prevalent in young people. Yeah. Like, you might not <laughs> think that because the sort of the stereotype is of the lonely older person but it's actually yes. um, between 18 and 25 like yeah. over a third of them said uh, they were lonely yes I mean why do you think that is well I suppose it depends on how you define loneliness of course doesn't it well that's, that's another good question <laughs> um, I guess it's not necessarily just you can have a lot of people around you yeah but you can still be lonely I suppose and Maybe it's because those sort of people don't provide the um, friend the friend base that you really want. Yeah. So you still feel lonely. Yeah. But obviously there's some people who find it difficult to make friends and things like that. Yeah. I mean, at the moment it's difficult times, but... Um, of course. I, I, I just remember, you know, going to university mm-hmm. and... Uh, there are people there who found it very difficult to cope, you know, with... I mean, it, the hall of residence that I was in, which is a hor- horrible place... <laughs> they usually had, are. You had to share, which actually probably was a good thing. Because now, so when you go to university, you have your own room. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Most so of the time, yeah. You can't, yeah, most of the time. Um, so you don't sort of have, have a sort of room buddy... Yeah. Uh, almost immediately. So you have to make a, an effort, really. Yeah. And I think some people find it very stressful. And when you're young, mm. you don't actually 
And of course, I went, I went to university when uh, I was used to, used to being at home with my brother, my twin brother. So I didn't really have to make any sort of effort to make friends and things like that. Right. So you felt like you had the social skills. We, well, we just sort of had friends from school and everything like that. And uh, when you go to university, you're thrown into this um, vacuum, really. Yeah, it's like a sink or swim situation, it isn't is, it? Yeah. You've got to kind of make friends. And they're not always the friends you want, by the way. But yes, yeah. I <laughs> mean, know, they say you can choose your friends at uni, but that doesn't necessarily into happen. this group because maybe you're in a particular hall and you're on the same floor yeah. and they always say, oh, let's go down the pub or something like that. Uh-huh. And uh, so you're thrown into that, but... They you just ne- cling to whoever. It wouldn't necessarily be the friends <laughs> you, your life you, raft. Would, you would make under yeah. normal circumstances. And it's not until you actually get into probably the second year that you can make friends, can pick and choose. And maybe a bit more confident, confident enough to go kind of go like, actually, I don't yeah. want to hang around, around with this guy. No, exactly. <laughs> He's so, a bit of a dick. <laughs> and most of them, you know, have come straight from school. Yeah. Which, which I had as well. But they weren't very mature. <laughs> <laughs> just behaved like school. School, of course, it was all, it was an all uh, men's um, all the residence. Oh, was it? Oh, which I, I didn't, didn't like at all. You know, no. I think mixed. Uh, they were probably more common back then. Like yeah, single sex. I, or... I tend to get on with women better. I think. You think so? Yeah, I do. Maybe it's because I, I don't have that sort of bloke kind of. Um, Liking football and you know, I don't mind football, but you know, I'm not going to go out of my way to to watch it. Right? Yeah, yeah. You're not a blokey bloke, uh, but yeah, I'm interested in some sports, but I'm not that, that interested. Uh, I'm not a good spectator. What do you mean? I, I, I'm not. I'm a terrible spectator. In other words, I get really like, for example, going to see a tennis match. With about half an hour, I could easily just leave. You're just bored. Even though I played tennis, you know, for like 30 years. <laughs> like that. I'd much rather, I'd much rather do yes. than be a, um, somebody who is uh, spectating. The, yeah. Or, or even, you know, even music. I'd much rather make music than listen to it. Yes, you're Does definitely... A, no, you're definitely a doing person. Yeah, uh-huh. doing. Although it's hard work, the, do, the doing bit. It's not, it, I suppose it's because I'm not that passive. Right, yeah. I'm sort of active rather than passive. And you, and you think that's helped you in life in terms of getting along with people? And No, I don't think it does. No? No, I think... Um, I think it's easier if you're you know, a person who uh, wants to watch sport with other people or wants to talk about things like that and... Mm, right. I mean, it is a, a real generalisation of this. But have you felt excluded from conversations and activities because you weren't that kind of person? Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Whereas, you know, it's like if you go to dinner parties and things like that, sometimes I'd much rather have a conversation with what the women are talking about than the, than the men. And yeah. a lot of men just sort of like would just want to be at that certain side of the table oh, yeah no, yeah there's the sort of they want to get together naturally uh, split yeah. up into yeah your two gender sides but um but i mean that's that's just interesting I mean, I, I, to know i don't want to talk you... i don't want to talk about knitting or anything like but, that uh, that's very <laughs> <laughs> also very stereotypical um, but um but, you know quite like but you just feel like there's maybe more nuanced conversation? Or, yeah, I or think so. It's just some things that you might be more interested in. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. But, um... Yeah, I think there's, you know, we, there's, there's also an epidemic in men's loneliness, I think. They sort of, uh, well, you know, mm-hmm. working, you know, in terms of the suicide statistics. Not that it's, I think it's all linked. The young men. No, me, the middle-aged well. men as well, like, men disproportionately commit suicide and and I wonder whether it's just because there's... 
a lack they, of connection. I think they find or, it harder. I the, think. Yes, that the, yeah, because there's an extra level of yeah. something more to overcome. And I think women, women are making much more friends and to uh, to make friends. Yeah. Whereas but, you know, I think well, probably you might say in generalise that men are, men are probably lazier than women. Maybe they're, yeah, maybe they're just not, it's not a culture that you're not socialised to do it. Yeah. Socialised to... Because we, we, women are good at, like, um, uh, making the other person feel comfortable and people-pleasing and that kind of thing. And yeah, that, exactly. those can really put you in... Well, I find it, like, I find it easier, easy to get along with people. And it's not just because I'm a woman, but I think that's... That's that, your nature, really. All, yeah, and, but all of my female friends have that, that kind of... those skills as well. Yeah. To just be accommodating <clears throat> and to bring inclusive... This is when you, you, we met Jake, remember? Oh, yeah, yeah. He said exactly the same thing. Well, he, he wanted to do something that was involving communication with people. Yeah. He just loved it. <laughs> That's... I mean, but, yeah, Jake is very... Uh, personable that. and warm yeah. and yeah. and he's only he's 20 22 or something now I think. yeah and he's not he's not yeah. he's not a typical bloke no. from it. but then <laughs> there's no such thing as a typical bloke anymore no, i think no. the next generation are definitely starting to overcome More those diverse, problems maybe i but don't know and it helps that his dad is so um your nephew is so supportive of him yeah, yeah. um and also Ooh. not very a blokey bloke <laughs> it's raining um, it is raining. We're, we're nearly at the <laughs> I, cafe. I mean, this is this is very mild rain. I'd call it a drizzle. Yeah. A light drizzle. Okay. Good timing. Is it? Is this good timing? We're making good time. There's the relief of being alone, I think. A relief that I don't have to try. I don't have to put anything on. I don't have to worry about how other people are seeing me because I'm not seen there's a there's a freedom to being invisible and to being unseen I think loneliness is self-perpetuating because Part of what makes you lonely is feeling that you are other, that you don't belong, that when you are seen that you don't fit. And that's an awful feeling, but it does mean that um, once that pressure is taken away and you're in a place in a forest where, well, there's plenty of dog walkers here but I'm anonymous. I think that's the key thing. At least you don't have to feel that pain of of not belonging of being an alien I feel <laughs> it seems funny for me to say that really because um, I really am not <laughs> um, from the outside particularly other 
I'm not. I'm just not. We're in Bingham Park. Bingham Park, very nice and woody. Very woody. <laughs> We've got the hill to climb up now. I know. Oh. It's all right coming down the hill. Your mother's greatest fear. <laughs> uh. we'll, go, we'll go up the top here. Look at the ducks. But yeah, when I go on runs, I do avoid going down the big hill. I try to go, go, go further up rather yeah. than... So I don't have... Because it's just, it's just that it's on, it's, it's on the way back and it's so steep. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we've only really got a couple more questions for you. Oh, okay. Um, I guess. Um, I was going to, yeah, I was going to ask, like, so when you, I told you that I was making... A podcast about loneliness. Yes. What what, what did you think? <laughs> um, well, I don't know whether I thought anything really. I suppose I hope you'd be successful with it. Okay. Uh, well, why do you think I chose that topic? Well, I suppose it's your situation that you're living alone. Uh-huh. And at the moment, loneliness is um, one of the... One of the results of having lockdown yeah. of people. So it's very prominent, I would yeah. say. It's definitely something that's been, you know, exacerbated by lockdown. Yes. But it's not that, like... I think it's hard to say, but it's like... I, I've definitely had periods of being feeling lonely out with this whole pandemic. Yes. Um, and kind of struggling with that, struggling with being single and yeah. um, uh, and not having the family that I wanted by this point in my life. Yeah. But I think I've always also sometimes felt a little bit other to so that other definition of loneliness, of not like feeling like a fit in, like. I, d- I actually I actually got on really well at university. I think I found my friends there. Yeah. But I didn't have a good time at school. No, it's unfortunate really because you weren't really put in the right group to start with, and uh, you weren't able to dig yourself out until the sixth form. Yeah. It was very unfortunate. No. I always thought whether I should have moved you. Well, <laughs> from I the d- school. I do remember. I think if you'd complained yeah. enough. Yeah, I know. I, d- I do remember you both giving me that option, yeah. saying, "Would you, would you like us to move you to, to help you move class or to help even to help you move school?" We were talking about, yeah. but I said, "No, no, I can't," because I think I couldn't bear the shame of admitting yeah. that I was being bullied and I was unhappy and and that I'd I'd, I'd like quit. I didn't want to be a quitter. I think you do fit in, though. The majority of people, I think it's uh, that. Well, at school you got in with a group that weren't your type, really. You think you think that's all it was? Yes, I don't think it's. I think you adapt very well uh, to all sorts of people, but you know, you'd rather you'd rather with the pe- be with the people that you want to be with. Not most people, I suppose, but. Um, <laughs> No, no, I, th- I think you... I think you fit it. <laughs> <laughs> OK, well, that's... I do. That's encouraging. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you didn't, you didn't worry about me after I sort of... Well, like, at university, for example. You yeah. didn't worry that I wouldn't Strangely enough, find I, people. I think I worried more about Lucy than I did you. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's strange, isn't it? But uh, Lucy's a lot shyer and everything like that, and I always thought... Oh, Amy's so outgoing, she'll cope with absolutely anything. 
<laughs> that's, that's so funny that you should say that. Because Lucy had lots of friends at, at school. She did. Friends that she still has yeah, and keeps yeah. in touch with. No, and... she's very good at doing that. But, you know, she is, she is shyer. Yeah. And, but she makes a big effort, does Lucy. You know, she... Um, she overcomes her shyness. Yeah, yeah, oh, for sure, yeah, maybe it sort of... By making a big effort. You're right, you're right. It. She sort of works against, encounter against it. Um, to overcome it, like you say, yeah. Well, I just think, I think I've maybe I've got a bit of a hangover from school and um, from worrying that I would never have friends <laughs> did you? I don't know why you worry about it because I think you make friends very easily I mean you've only got to take this being in that cafe and people want to talk to you if I sat there nobody would want to talk to me <laughs> on my own really? I don't I doubt that's oh, true that's true no. well that, it may not be true but yeah. generally I think because you were there right all those women probably were quite happy to to talk you know and you're a good listener. Right, right. Yeah, well, all, these, all these qualities you've got, Amy. Blimey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm used to talking to strangers now and nothing of... That doesn't faze me at all. I think you can be a bit self-depreciating, though. Which you don't have to be. Maybe you just don't have confidence in yourself sometimes. Sometimes, yes. I, mean, I think a lot of people that are performers can come across as incredibly confident. Oh, yeah. Because they've got this performative side to themselves. <laughs> yeah, or like, yeah, and they perfected that. And, what, and then people don't realise that underneath is a person that can also be introverted and shy. Somebody said, somebody said to me that I put on an act. I can't remember, long, long time ago. Really? Yeah. Well, I, don't, I think everyone does. I think they do as well, but you know. It's a survival some, technique. Some people are better at it than others. But uh, was, she, was it an, an implication that you weren't authentic no, enough? No, I don't think so. No? Um... You said earlier yeah. that you never lived alone. No. But you. I didn't. You did live outside our family home for a short period of time. Oh, yes, I did. Had you forgotten about that? No, I haven't forgotten about it at all. <laughs> but it wasn't for very long. No. That's true. Three weeks or something, I think. Was that all it was? I think it, it felt. Was. To my, as a, as a teenager, it felt like a much, much longer time. Oh, yeah. Because I think it was, it was four, hard, and I think it was four we weeks. You. And one week of that time I was in the States. Right. Sorry, we're going up a big hill now, so we're going to get out of breath. And stuff. Panting. Uh, yeah, no, maybe it did seem long for you. Did you yeah. need time to think? Was that what that was? Well, it's a diff- it was a difficult time, I think. I think, uh, I don't tend to talk about it, really. <laughs> you don't have to, it's all right. It must have been hard on you two, I think. That, that one, that month. Yeah, it was. Although you never really said anything about it. But, uh, I think we were a bit scared that we would make things worse. Whether No you didn't and it wasn't. You know about you two. Yeah. But I remember you saying that you were twenty years ago now. I know I know, it's a long time and twenty years. But I've you know, and you're you've been married over forty years. Yes. (laughs) And like it's kind of a miracle if a marriage doesn't have some kind of blip or Yes. Some kind of struggle yes. within it. That's true. And I didn't realise that at the time because I was a teenager and, and in a way it's all about you when you're that age as well. Mm. You're kind of just like, why do, 
why is it, why are they leaving? Is it because we're doing, we've done something wrong? But obviously I can see that that wasn't the case and that it was just, you were having a crisis within yes. where you were in your life. Yes. Um, and I remember you telling me that you were going to move out and, and you, you, you cried and I, I hadn't seen you cry before except when your, your sister died, I think. Yeah. And that was the only other time. And so that showed me how much, how difficult it was for you. Yeah, it was a very difficult time. And for your mother, by the way. <laughs> well, that goes without saying, yeah. Yes. I'm just, I guess I'm edging at the, would you describe that feeling of being Oh, I was alone cast there. Out. Yeah, but was that, is that loneliness or is that just aloneness? Well, no, I, think, I did, think I did feel alone then. Yeah, when I said I had never felt it, but it was such a short time that I kind of didn't really count it. But, uh, but I did have the feeling of going home to nobody else at the time and that was quite uh, difficult I think and you didn't know how long that would be for no sort of you were at a kind of a crossroads I guess in your life yes it was certainly but it's all in the past Sorry, yesterday, my dad had his colonoscopy and they confirmed they got carcinoma. Um, so, yeah, it's um, bowel cancer or carotid cancer. Um, um, you know, but they're going to operate. Um, and they still need to make assess what stage cancer it's at. So um, there's still some more results to come in next week and more tests to do um, and surgery to like schedule and that might be in the next few weeks but I don't you know it's I don't know for sure. Um, yeah came over and um, and that was a nice distraction. Yeah, he went home like about five and I was, yeah, I was just exhausted, so I'm gonna go to bed just now and I'm about tomorrow and maybe I can catch you, I might end up going to the West End, um, have sort of like a distance thing with Claire. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I could meet you somewhere as well. But um, I could get in touch tomorrow or something, or just let me know. Yeah. Okay. Thank you um, again for just being so supportive. I guess there must be some people who love living on their own and being uh, not having to worry about anybody else or what they these other people think. <laughs> Oh, don't don't get me wrong. There are advantages to living alone. Yeah. <laughs> you do what you like. Yeah, and you don't have to put up with people's annoying habits. When you like. Because everyone has them. They certainly do. 
but I don't know, it's a, it's a toss up. Yeah. Yes. yes, I think I'd rather not have it, not have the loneliness, really. <laughs> yeah. Better. Sometimes you can't choose these things, can you? It's, uh, yeah. Life chooses them for you. Ha 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 ha. I guess that's what I struggle with is that I sort of, I'm, I, I have raged against it and I felt a lot of self pity. Yeah. Like, why me? Why does everyone else get to have um, the relationships that I wanted and the family that I wanted? But I think it's also taught me a lot of uh, humility and uh, perspective. Yeah. And self-reliance and resilience that maybe yeah. other people don't have. Because oh, yeah, they haven't had those to, to deal with the most difficult experiences yes. and feelings. Yes. I know, you've got, you'll have gained some qualities from it. <laughs> yeah. God, it's really bouncing down now, isn't it? I know. God, grief. I did say yeah. it was going to. But, uh, but we're on the final stretch now. We're on the final stretch. The final <laughs> stretch. Yeah. Breathing gets shorter as we go up this final <laughs> this is, bit. This is a tough, <laughs> tough hill, this. This is the test for the, the, bur- the calf muscle burn. Yeah. <laughs> I presume your mother probably will given up and gone back now. Otherwise she'll have some very soggy drawings. Yeah. <laughs> Wanderings, an audio companion for those who walk alone, is conceived, recorded and edited by me, Amy Conway. Wanderings is produced by Stephanie Katie Hunter as part of Incubation, a project funded by Creative Scotland. With music by Jamie Cook, additional editing and sound design by Tessa Flannery, and graphic design by Sean McGonagall. With special thanks to all my walking companions this series. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. I was, I was yeah. just carrying on. Do you remember then. where we live? Yeah. <laughs> oh, out the oh. oh, yeah. Home.